Catherine and this week I'm joined by our special guest, Jess, <laughs> Jess Schrader. See, I said it's it right. Me. It's me, Jessica. That was my best Rob Schneider. Sorry. <laughs> I should have practiced that. You can do it. <laughs> now, we you know, met over the socials. But mm-hmm. we met first time in person at Star Wars Celebration. That's true. Just... You were my savior. You whisked me out of my lonely, my lonely corner and adopted me into the Aussie clan for the night. And what a place to be! Um, it was the best of places to be. Yeah, but it was just total coincidence. We were just um, Josh and I were just sort of standing around waiting to head off to uh, Steele's event that that night and you were there charging your phone and Mm -hmm. yeah we just happened to go hang on are you are you ah, are you going to Steele's thing and yeah yeah, go off together it was it was really really cool it was it was because in those situations it's sort of a toss-up about like Am I, if I see someone I recognize, am I going to pretend like I didn't see them because I have a little bit of social anxiety and how do I don't know how this is going to play out. But I'm so thankful that in that moment, I just like <laughs> swallowed all of my anxiety and fears and was like, Catherine, it's me. And then you like recognize me. And then we hug. Did we hug? I feel like we hugged. I, I'm sure we did. I, I hugged. Then I hugged yeah. Josh. Like, <laughs> Josh was like, oh, hi. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And and we've um you know caught up a bit over you know the twitters um mm-hmm. and we've discovered we've got quite a bit in common um we mm-hmm. the only sort of disagreement i think we've ever had is over the best pride and prejudice and mr darcy's so you're colin firth right i am colin firth all the way oh man okay <laughs> although i <sighs> That that actor who plays him in that movie, I I, I do I have know. a soft spot for him. He's a pretty good Mister Darcy. He's so dreamy. The way when he says you bewitch me, body and soul, I just like swoon right off the couch every time. That's like um in the Gwyneth Paltrow Emma when mm-hmm. Jeremy Northam is Mister Knightley. Yeah. And and Gwyneth says, oh, it's not like we are brother and sister. And he's like, oh, yes. Camera zooms in. Indeed, we are not. <laughs> so hot. So hot. Uh, yes. Good old Dream Austin. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's the best. Um, I, most other people i've had on here i can't geek out to jane austen with (laughs) jane austen setting unrealistic romantic expectations since 18 i don't know 14 (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah i i have to agree with you there i i'm pretty sure jane austen has ruined me in terms of romantic expectations so (laughs) (laughs) yeah Now, we met at Celebration 2019, which is now last year. That seems Mm -hmm. very weird. Now, you are going to this year's Celebration, aren't you? Yes. Yes. 
yes, I'm likely going solo by myself, but hoping to just meet up with Twitter friends along the way and hang out. It's going to be a, a bit of a massive Twitter get together. Um, so obviously um, you're welcome where we're staying. Uh, <laughs> the, the Aussies have got a house together again. So um, yes, was, you sent me the link right when you guys booked it. It looks yeah, awesome. Yeah, it, so it, we have, like there's a princess themed room. There's a the big Disney room, the Frozen room, and the Cars room. That mm-hmm. that's looking awesome. Um, Josh is quite excited that he's probably going to be staying in the Frozen room. Um, <laughs> I'm sure his daughter will love that. Oh yeah, but it's I'm I am quite looking forward to it. I'm getting nervous. I'm you know starting to look at the whole planning but Mm -hmm. the the other day we got this email um about um pre-ordering more merch and also this disneyland after dark no and i'm stressed about it because i'm I'm afraid that they're just going to drop an email in the middle of the day that says tickets are on sale now and i'll i won't see it until it's too late or are they going to give us a heads up when they go on sale and hopefully it's not like when i have to be busy at work Ugh, it's just yeah it's gonna be be a nail biter yeah you'd hope that they would have you know the number of tickets for the people who have tickets at for celebration that day and you you think Disneyland can probably hold a lot of people but yeah, yeah and and yeah the heads up of when are tickets coming out because that's what they did with actual celebration tickets was about a week notice they gave us um also yeah Yeah, that sounds about right and thank god i jumped on the horn the second they went on sale because i thought about waiting until after work i I didn't think that they would sell out and then when i was in the queue for 20 plus minutes i started freaking out Mm. and then as soon as i got my tickets i was on twitter and seeing that they were selling out like five minutes like announced they were sold out five minutes later yeah yeah, I see it came out 2 a.m. here and mm-hmm. a few of us were like, oh, God, yeah, we'll get up at – because last for 2019, we were sort of getting up at, at 6 to buy them, 6 in the morning, and, mm-hmm. yeah, we got our, our passes, no worries. But it was like 2 a.m., oh, God, are we going to do it? Oh, I'll just get up at earlier and get it because it was a Saturday morning. And then – somehow we all talked ourselves into yeah we'll get up at at two and buy them thank god we did yeah because otherwise yeah but as it was i think i was in the queue for like 45 minutes to 50 minutes and Mm -hmm. that was bad that was bad seeing everyone saying yep got them got them and i was still hanging on and Mm -hmm. and so yeah i've got that anxiety it's 2 30 in the morning (laughs) and were you able to fall back to sleep after all that I I may have taken something to calm me down. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, once I got the tickets, it was mm-hmm. okay. Yes, I've got them. Um, but, yeah, thank God I got up at two. As my mother said, I'd be picking you up off the floor if you hadn't gotten them then. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Yeah, but hopefully that gives a bit of a heads up. But this sounds really, really fun. Have you mm-hmm. been to Disneyland or Disney World? Um, no, I've been to, I went to Disney World when I was a kid, but we mostly did Universal Studios. We did that several times. Um, let's see, we, I, I've been to Epcot and uh, what's, what's the other one that's in Orlando? There's Disney World, Epcot, and something else. Can't think of it. Oh, there's the Animal Kingdom. The one, that, the one that has like the Tower of Terror. Oh, that yeah, Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, um, can you tell this week I just watched all of um, the Imagineering story on Disney Plus? <laughs> do you recommend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I actually I found it really interesting, um, but also for the sense of it was good television without it being you know anxiety filling or anything like that it was just nice calm television mm-hmm. yeah okay. um yeah so i went to Disneyland when i was small um because yeah, my dad the, f- the whole family we worked we lived in america for about a year traveled around and then yeah went to disneyland um i made my dad come on pinocchio with me seven times <laughs> cute yes that's a good dad yes apparently you know we'd go on it and then he'd go oh how about we try this other ride and i go okay then after that ride i go on oh, pinocchio so <laughs> yes seven times um and then early 2000s i was at disney world with um my very good friend patty who i went to high school here with um and she was a cast member there Ooh. and so we we did lots of um yeah, we did yeah magic kingdom animal kingdom hollywood studios epcot um yeah tower of terror which is now the guardians of the galaxy oh, ride yeah. at least at disneyland yep. i crapped myself yeah i don't <laughs> like those falling ones but i mean you're there so you sort of have to but mm. yeah do you? I don't Do know. You? I feel like as you get older, you kind of you talk yourself out of it, but I don't know. Yeah. We it's, recently it's... went to this um, water slide, this un- indoor water slide park. And for some reason, like when we got, when we were there, I just like got really nervous about going down the water slides because they're huge and they're in tubes. And like, you're going to go really fast. Like, what if I spin around? Like, what if I fall out of the tube? And um, and my kids certainly were not interested in it at all. They were they just wanted to play in the pool, which it's like, okay, so we could have just gone to a normal <laughs> hotel. But um, but finally, I was like, you know what? We came all this way. Like, this is something we're only going to do once a year. I'm going to go down the GD water slide. So I got my tube, went down, had a blast, got back in line to go a second time. And they shut every, like, pulled everyone out of the pool and shut the whole thing down for, like, an hour because somebody pooped in the pool. Oh, no. And so, because the, they dump you out, like, when you go down the water side, they dump you out in this lazy river area, and that's where they found yeah. the poop. Like, everyone had to get out. And it was, like, we were checking out an hour later. So it was like, wow, I got to go down the water side one time. <laughs> but I did it. So I faced my fear in the moment. I did it one time, but. Yeah. 
sorry <laughs> no that, no that um yeah um water slide parks are heaps of fun but yeah those number two alerts are <laughs> yeah uh, yeah the um disneyland after dark that star wars night first night of celebration that's going to be yeah pretty pretty epic i think and big chance for everyone to to get together and i'm sure we'll all be organizing hangouts mm -hmm. um and if diego luna is at celebration i'm sure <laughs> we, we'll get the sponsorship up for people to come and watch me meeting diego yeah you could and sell tickets for people watching you watch diego and then like <laughs> donate the money to a good cause yeah it's, uh, or keep it for yourself but i well, guarantee you people be... will line up to, to buy those tickets to be in the room with you yeah yeah oh probably need a lot of moral support um mm -hmm. it's been a funny old week in terms of star wars news anyway because last couple of days mm -hmm. there was that obi-wan is is not happening anymore no, it is happening. Oh, yeah, it is happening, but we've sacked the writers. No, it's, you know, nothing's, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Move along, move <laughs> along. Uh-huh. So, yeah, what's your feeling on... on well, I'm in, I'm in, apparently, the, I'm in the very small camp of people who was never super invested in, in Obi-Wan show to begin with. Like, I was... Mm. I've been fairly indifferent about it although I do love Ewan McGregor so um but from what I read most I think the most recent thing was that Kathleen Kennedy wasn't happy with the scripts and so even though I'm I like it's not something I care deeply about I'm assuming it will happen and my whole thing has always been like what can they do that's going to make this exciting like you have like there's been a lot of talk about he'll probably he has to be on Tatooine for most of it and um but the thing is like after the mandalorian i just feel like i just trust the whole i mean i trust that they're gonna yeah. put out something awesome that we're all gonna love and it's gonna blow us away and so i'm excited to see what they eventually come up with and i think if they're taking their time to put out a better show then i'm okay with that yeah i think that's where i'm at as well um i was always kind of excited by it because I loved Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan I do love mm. Ewan McGregor but yeah Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan it's it's just so good and I wanted to see more of that Obi-Wan so a movie I was excited for but a television show I was really excited for because I thought th no this is the way um to to really show Obi-Wan and yeah then the Mandalorian came out and mm -hmm expectations or oh, at the least bar's high now oh yeah that bar is high <laughs> um so it, it really looking forward to what they come up with and deborah chow being one of the mm -hmm. big, one of the or the director so yeah i'm really interested to see what they do with it yeah i loved her episodes of the mandalorian so yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to see what they put out. I'm just, I can't wrap my head around like what, 
if they can do that, it'll be exciting. But I, I mean, I know they have brilliant people getting paid gobs of money to figure this out. And I trust that they will eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because none of us would have sat down and predicted what the Mandalorian did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I am sort of thinking, can Obi-Wan leave the planet? I, I don't know because he really wants to be there to protect Luke. So mm-hmm. he probably can't do that from afar. But that doesn't mean he can't be, you know, in some bar fights or fighting against pirates or Jabba's henchmen or just mm-hmm. having some mooding melodrama or flashbacks and mm-hmm. all that sorts of things. Um Maybe some, we're... Rest, maybe some restless nights dreaming of Satine. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some, you know, female lady. Yeah, of course a female maybe, lady. But um, like Star Wars apparently to town. I hate this. I don't know. I am a hopeless romantic and I love all of the things that are, like, even remote. Like, did we talk about how in our head canon, Jin and Cassian definitely kissed in the elevator. Like, that's the way it is in uh, our minds, right? Like, can we, are we I, I on the same line of that? I've talked a lot about Cassian mm-hmm. everywhere. I'm, I'm sure I would have mentioned that at some point in time. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure if people see my, my Twitter timeline, they've, they know my Cassian yeah. thoughts. Um, yes, I'm, I'm positive that. Do you see the eye contact between the two of them in that elevator? Yes, and I get it. Like it, I mean, I guess I'm glad they didn't. I mean, whatever. Maybe (laughs) I guess I'm glad it didn't happen on screen. Even though you can't convince me it didn't happen off screen, but because I know there would have been, you know, the same people would have been pissed about it. Because maybe it doesn't make sense. I don't care. I just give me more romance in Star Wars. You're blowing it. And I think all the, the romances we've seen in Star Wars is have been doomed or... Yes. Yeah. Can we think of one that's not you know, problematic or doomed? Um, I was really getting into Hera and Kanan, but, like, I already knew he's going to... I haven't finished Rebels yet. I only have, okay. I think, like, like, ten episodes left, but... I know he dies, um, but like watching there in episode or season four, there's just so many low key adorable moments between them. Like, God damn it! Like, why can't can anybody just survive their romance? That's a healthy romance. That's that is a healthy romance. So that's one. But he dies, so it's not a happy one. No. Um, Han and Kira, no. Uh, Han and Leon. Well, they, it's, it's. They have some good years, probably. Yeah, they they probably have a a lot of good years. And let's face it, by the time Force Awakens, they're not hating each other. They still definitely have very warm feelings towards each other. Mm -hmm. They just probably can't, you know, couldn't make it work because they're different people. But yeah, maybe the most oh. successful relationship in Star Wars is C three PO and R two D two. Yes, 
<laughs> yes. Yep. I have to say that, that definitely that life, life partnership mm-hmm. and of course the um, not shown um, Poe and Finn relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they had to shoehorn all that stuff about like Poe and Zori Bliss. Like just yeah. leave that out so people can at least in their head. I mean, I guess Poe could be bisexual and then yeah. that solves that, but yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a lot to look forward to, and I'm I stay very positive about my Star Wars news because people seem to jump up and down about every little thing, and I try to keep fairly calm and think to myself, they've announced it publicly; they're not going to just can it. It's not like some some of the other projects which they've stopped along the way which weren't announced publicly this one yeah it's been announced publicly i can't imagine that it i mean there's so much stuff that you can mine there i mean he's such a fascinating character and you have him for like the very first i remember one of the first coherent thoughts i thought after rogue one was i just want more cassian and k2so like in any form and i never thought it would happen because and yeah, I just remember, I was so excited. I, I can remember where I was sitting when I like saw the news that they were going to make a show. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. This is amazing. This is brilliant. There's so, I mean, there's got to be so much you can do with that. I cannot imagine that they would shelf that. There's so many awesome things they could show us and places they could go. And The Cassian yeah. show, I think, has got a lot of potential could mm-hmm. go a lot of places um he could interact with a lot of people uh, you know of course you know if i was running star wars you know bobby Iger, come on you know let me run star wars um <laughs> yeah i'd also go well we could learn more about krennic and galen and Bodhi. you know in that mm-hmm. lead up to rogue one um we we could learn a lot more about the rebellion in general where the empire's at there's mm-hmm. a lot of things you could do with that that time period. So, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Bobby Iger. <laughs> so now that we're going to have the, well, we have Clone Wars coming out, but we sort of have an anticipated dry spell of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. What sort of things are you going to use to fill, fill the void? Hmm. I know you're in the Survivor and Doctor Who, which... I have a, I have a knitting friend who, um, who's in my knitting club. I founded called the Jedi Knits. Just had to get that in there. Um, but she's a huge Doctor Who fan, and she had me over for a knitting date, and had we watched the first, like the very first two episodes of Doctor Who, and it was definitely out there. So it was interesting. <laughs> So is this Jodie Whittaker Doctor? No, no, no. This is like, I think, the very first episode ever, ever. Oh, 1963 Doctor. I don't know. 2005. It it was that old. Maybe it was 2005. Okay. I mean, there were special effects. They were just super cheesy. Let me see if I recognize. So 2005, you think it was? Yeah. Or would it have been? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Christopher Eccleston... um, that sounds... Billy Piper was Rose, the companion. 
Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was the one, I know it was like before Matt Smith, so. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, oh. the new yeah. season's awesome so far? Yeah, it's, it's really good. This is the great thing about Doctor Who is that, yes, it's got this massive, you know, history going back to 1963 mm -hmm. but because the doctor regenerates you can sort of come in at when a new doctor does and you don't always need to know all of the back history it sort of regenerates as it were with each doctor regeneration you can kind of come in and start afresh and you don't need to know all of this intricate back history because it sometimes contradicts itself and you know as david Tennant said you know, it's all timey-wimey um you know it, it doesn't really matter so so would i be able to pick up the, this current season and just have some general backstory and then just watch it and be able to figure it out and enjoy it or do you need to like go back and watch I, other seasons I, th to... I think probably um i mean you could pick it up you know, at the start of this season but I, I reckon coming with her first episode as the doctor and that's only one season back and that's you know, not mm -hmm. many episodes mm -hmm. um just to see the development of her they're not companions they're friends um to sort of see where all those relationships come from because it is really really sweet um and and it's only sort of this year that they've brought in someone from the past um, that you've probably heard about anyway. Um, and and it's the type of thing that if you were to just ask, you know, myself or, or Charlie, we could feel you all about it. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, it wouldn't compromise, you know, you, your enjoyment of it at all. So I... I've really liked um, this iteration of the Doctor because they've gone back to the idea of the historic story because back in 1963 the idea was it being, um, you know, they go back in time to these historic events to help teach children about you know, these historic events so they'd almost mix it up and do a, a historic story and then a sci-fi story, you know, do almost alternate between the two mm -hmm. and and so we've met a few more true historic characters in the last um, couple of seasons so in fact just the last episode you know, as we record we had um, Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison as oh. um, major characters yeah interesting and a couple of weeks ago we had Ada Lovelace who of course is the woman who basically started to is the start of computer science so, oh, so you learn things too yes yes well. so sometimes you fall down a wikipedia hole <laughs> when you um go investigating about these these people mm -hmm. and these events but that's that's, yeah yeah they had a rosa parks episode last season that was i thought really really good um and they had an, an episode about the partition of um india so oh. yeah that yeah it's, it's 
it's really good. Interesting. Okay. Well, if I can ever find a format to watch it on, I will check it out. I did find out. So that show you were telling me about, uh, what was it? The Sanderson. Yeah, I can. I think I can. I found out where I can watch that. So I just need to find the time. I can stream PBS. I believe. Sidebar to any listeners, Sanderton (laughs) is an unfinished Jane Austen novel um, that was adapted recently and she had only done about 11 chapters. So what she had written made up the first episode of this eight-episode season. However, they don't end the story on that eighth episode they obviously thought they might get a second season, but they got and they haven't. So, but do we know for sure they won't, or is it just not? It, it's enough? looking pretty unlikely. Okay. But um, it's just like, well, I haven't watched it. I was going to say it's just like me and you watching. <laughs> so, just just be aware because it. I was at the last episode going. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me well yes. now you can w- write some fan fiction and finish it up but yeah this this jane austen adaptation whew, whew, not not your mother's jane austen can <laughs> we just say okay mm, mm, i can get on board with that yeah um yeah so w- one of the things we bonded over was knitting Mm-hmm. And we've bonded over Jane Austen and and novels in general. Now, you have gone down the wheel of time path. I have. I have. Um, so what do you know about the wheel of time, the books? Do you want me to give you a, a breakdown? What I know is, is that it was great for a few years. I'd just buy my brother the next wheel of time book for his birthday. Done. Mm-hmm. That was his birthday present for a few years from me. Um there's like 20 books, are there? 14, 14. 14. Oh, so sl- sorry, slight exaggeration. <laughs> but each book is like a doorstop. It's like a thousand, like so I'd say, well, 600 to 1,000 pages long. So it's definitely a feat. Um, the first book was published in 1990, so they are celebrating their 30th anniversary um, this year which is mm. kind of a big deal in the Wheel yeah. of Time fandom. But so the interesting thing is the series was started by um, the author Robert Jordan. Yeah. And he actually ended up passing away in 2007. Um, he was in the middle of book 12 when he died. And mm. so they brought on this other author, Brandon Sanderson. Have you ever heard of him? Because yes. I could geek yes. out about him forever. So they brought in Brandon Sanderson who used his notes, and um, Robert Jordan's wife, Harriet, was his, Brandon's editor, so she kind of, like, helped him keep Robert Jordan's voice, like, his, you know, to keep the whole narrative or voice or feeling of the story consistent, so she helped with that, and uh, Brandon Sanderson ended up, I guess, so the 12th book, which Robert, it was the one he was writing when he died, was supposed to be the last book, but when Brandon Sanderson came on board, he um, stretched it out to 14 books for whatever reason. 
Um, and I, I'm only, I've only finished book nine. So I started reading them in 2016 um, at the recommendation of a good friend of mine who we have very similar book tastes, but he hasn't even finished the series. So it was kind of a, he's like, yeah, you've got to read these books. There's, I've read like the first four and then they get really terrible and I never finished. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not a great recommendation. But when I started reading them, I'm like, I am determined to read them all. And some of them get a little, I mean, they get very wordy and there are some where I'm on like page 400 and I still have 300 pages to go. I'm like, I can't anymore with this and I'll just start skimming. And then I, there's so many characters, but there is a very extensive Wheel of Time wiki that I refer to a lot. You can like look up any character, no matter how minor. And there's like a ton of information, like any mention in the series, their whole like profile so that's super helpful um and yeah so I've got five books to go and there is an Amazon Prime show in development as we speak and I think they are they're definitely filming now mm. um so at, I'm at least they're, they're probably not going to have the whole um you know, Game of Thrones running out of book no um, so that's a nice thing that the series is complete that's a whole other thing we can talk about mm-hmm. um but i'm excited well i'm excited for the tv show just because i do enjoy the books for the most part like i know i like i'm not a stellar i'm not like great at selling them either because i'm like they are it's an arduous task let's just put it that way but yeah there's a lot like the characters i love so much and there's one character, Matt, who's my favorite. And the first couple of books, I hated him. And the, my friend who recommended the books to me was always telling me, like, isn't Matt the coolest? I'm like, no, he's like a super big douchebag and he annoys the crap out of me and I don't like him at all. But now he's like my favorite character. So the the like character development's awesome. And obviously there's plenty, they can take plenty of time because there's so many. Um, but I'm excited for the show for one of the same reasons I'm excited for Game of Thrones is just to learn how to pronounce all the character names. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of weird names, and I have no idea if I'm saying them right in my head, and I'm excited to find out why, because I don't do audiobooks, because I feel like that's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't know why. I just can't get over the I wish I could do audiobooks because it would be people always tell me like you should listen to audiobooks and knit and then you can kill two birds with one stone but it's like yeah but I don't know it just feels like you're not I don't know it's it's my own stupid thing and I like just holding a book in my hand is comforting to me but definitely I I find that um the experience of holding a book you know reading it turning the page is all part of the experience of reading it really I don't know I like absorb it better does that make sense yeah because I can remember like if there's something that I want to go back and look at Mm. I can like remember where it was on the page like if it was on the left side halfway through or it's yeah and I just like I don't know I like being able to like when you read for like an hour and then you put your bookmark back and you look at like the top of it like, you know, yeah. the, you can see how far your bookmark moved. That is some weird, geeky thing that I just, like, love. <laughs> like, Plus, I'm just a half an you inch. You just said you use a, a bookmark. You don't fold the page. Yeah. No, of course not. Oh, and I'm so weird about book spines. So my 
um husband so i got all the witcher books um in ahead of the tv show and yeah. i read them and then my husband started reading them and he'll be like i'll be, ha like yell at him like stop bending the the page like this the cover back so far you're gonna put lines on the spine he's like you are a total freak i'm like just i know but no <laughs> that's wrong stop hurting the books Stop yes. Hurting them. Oh God! He does the thing where he folds the front cover like all the way back, and it's oh. painful to me. <laughs> it, it's like that photo that went around Twitter this week of people who cut the book in half. Why? What? what? So there was this photo going around of you know, really long books. People would cut it in half, like lengthways, so you'd get like half the first half of the book, in, you know, because it was so heavy or something to carry. And I'm just, murderer! That is one of the most horrifying things I've heard in 2020. Oh, it, <laughs> it was just physically sickening. Oh. Yeah. You know, I've just a couple of days ago, I went out and bought another bookcase from Ikea to mm -hmm. try to fit more of my books on because I've got some piles on the floor and I'm finally saying oh no Catherine come on these books in here you have no intention of reading again give mm -hmm. them away to the op shop you know so what if Army. what if someday but, you want to pick up that book you have to keep it that's that's that, what happens in my head the, they're <laughs> books they're books and I know I have boxes of books from childhood and whatever Mm -hmm. in like my parents roof space I have a there's a bookshelf still at my parents house full of books of mine um yeah um I love my books so mm -hmm. wheel of time 14 books is 14. it definitely finished with the 14 yeah. do you think yes it was okay. I think 2013 the last book came out and it is done and i did hear i've heard like i know that this is i mean a small group of people that i know of i don't know if there's many but i know that there's people who like will just skip a bunch of like they'll just say like okay i'm gonna skip these four books and then just read the last two at least that's what my friend did but she seems i could never do that but um supposedly this, the last this is when you need a, we need to have been on video because I'm, my face was just horrified <laughs> Yeah, I guess the last few are amazing, which doesn't surprise me because, again, Brandon Sanderson is, like, a genius. He is a genius. He's amazing. Have you wait? Have you read any of his books? I'm I haven't read them sure. all. Okay. Um, he – so he – I've only read two I've, – I've read two of his series, The Stormlight Archive, which is, like, the first book is called The Way of Kings – and it's like that one's also they're huge they're like tomes that like a thousand yeah. plus pages um and that one i think is supposed to be a 10 book series but three books are out so far and his world building is like incredible it's mm. like it's like i guess i would call it high fantasy because there's just things you know like fantasy is like princes and kingdoms and dragons and magic but he like takes yeah. it to other levels like there's um well, in that series, there's something called Spren, 
So whenever you're feeling an emotion, there's a, a spren that's linked to that emotion and they sort of just like appear around you. So like if you're angry, there's anger spren. And I meant to look up some examples of what they look like. But I know like when you're dying, there's death spren and they're like black, wormy things that are kind of like just coming off of you and um, just things like that that like are things I've never even... You know, I don't know. But yeah. um, and then so he has a few other series that are super popular. The Mistborn books I want to check out eventually. And so there's four of his series that are all part of they're called his Cosmere books. And so they all exist in the same galaxy or like universe or something. I think they're each on different planets. But there are supposedly themes that run consistent throughout these books and like theories of magic that are consistent across these books and then i guess supposedly there is one character that it, that is um the same or appears in all of the series but but that character doesn't have the same name so he has a di oh. he or she has a different name in every series and i haven't googled to see if like people i'm sure that people have figured it out oh, um, there'd be theories yeah um so there's that and he's also he has um on his blog he he like writes so fast if you go on his blog or his webpage, he like will actively list all the books he's working on and like show you his progress so it will be like stormlight book four draft two 90 percent done and like all of his books are like that. So, you know, like if you're desperately waiting for a book, you can just like check in on his progress, which is so cool, I think, like that he's that transparent with his fans. I don't know. He's awesome. Do you hear this, George R.R. R. Martin? I know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Did you read the Game of Thrones books? Yeah. Yeah. So, I've read them all. I've got mm -hmm. the, um, the, the prequel. Book oh, I haven't, haven't read the, that one. And the um, the it's a, it's one of the ones I like the best is actually sort of the history of Westeros. So ah. it goes through all the the different sections, and there was one that was released a year or so ago about um, the different kings up until Targaryens, or uh, was, it, was it? No, it was more. It delved right into the Targaryens and yeah. it was the history of them. So it was, yeah, it was super, super interesting about yeah the, the history of, of, of all these kings and all the relationships because you, you see the, um, the family tree and you can't work out, mm -hmm. you know, why certain things have happened, but this was giving, yeah, that definite reason as to, to why and understanding which, I love, but there's that. Come on, George, write the story, write no. the main story. Come on, come on. So now, like, I, I keep forgetting that there's still two more books because it's like I was so pissed when he, like, couldn't get it together to finish the series ahead of the show. He had plenty of time. Like, yeah. he had eight years. Come yeah. on. And now I just, like, because I'm someone who, if I, like, for example, The Witcher, like, I saw the Netflix trailer i had never even heard of the video game but i know it's wildly popular um but i saw the trailer that came out of comic-con 
And I was like, this looks amazing. And then I found out there are books. I'm like, well, I have to read the books first. So like, I want to read the books first before I see anything on any screen. And it like just killed me that he couldn't stay ahead of the show, I guess. And now I want, like, I know I'll read them, but I don't know. I just, I'm not as excited about it. I mean, I'm interested in how he gets there because my belief is that the show ends things in roughly the same way that the books would end, that that end point would be pretty much the same. Yeah. But the way of getting there will be different. I mean, obviously we've got different characters being alive um, and things like that, but... um, no, I, I think I'd still read them because how can I not finish a series? Yeah. <clears throat> like, that just sounds so uncomfortable. Yeah. I've been on Goodreads and looking at the, um, like, release years of all the books because I couldn't remember when they started. 1996 um, yep. was the first one. But they – and I'm sure this means nothing, but on Winds of Winter they have – the published date listed now is 2020. So I don't know if that means that it's going to happen this year finally or what, but. Yeah. Who knows? I, <laughs> I seriously thought that would have come out. That one at least would have come out th- during the um, television run because yeah. he's been close to finishing that one for a while. You no, know, I feel bad for him because he, like, on his block, I remember, I forgot what season it was, right before a certain, maybe it was right as they were catching up to the book, so he had this, like, heartbreaking blog post about how hard he tried and, like, how his intention was always to get these books out ahead of the show and, like, basically said it's not going to happen. And, yeah. And I, I'm sure he has in common with Ian McGregor that everywhere he goes, it's like, when's the next book coming out? Just like, even was like, is there a Kenobi movie or show happening? (laughs) I remember a number of years ago, I think there was like this thing, this supposed quote he said, where every time I get asked when I'm going to finish the books, a Stark dies. So. That's sad. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Yeah. So. The Witcher, have you started reading that yet or yep. have you read that? So I've, there's, um, I've read the first three so far. Mm. And so they're by a Polish author. My library did not have them, which was weird. Um, so I ended up having to buy them, the first three on Amazon. And then the fourth book. Okay, so the first three, here's another super nerdy type A thing. I got the, f- the first three are these like the red cover editions. Like all the covers are the same. Like they came from yeah. a box set. So the fourth book I went to go buy on Amazon and they didn't have that cover in stock, but they had a different cover. I'm like, nope, I gotta wait. I can't do this. I have to wait for the yeah. red cover to come back. Um, but the first two books are, were, I guess, a- it started with the author his name his last name is support wait i have it somewhere wait sapkowski and his first name i can't even try to pronounce andresk something very polish um started as short stories and then they got 
a lot of praise, so they he turned him into books. So the first two books kind of read like a short story format, sort of. So each chapter could be like a standalone story. And the really cool thing about the first book that I loved is the stories um, pull from like fairy tales. So like very loosely, but you can kind of like work out like, oh, this is like Snow White and the Seven Doors, or this is the Little Mermaid, or this is Aladdin. Like they have these like things in each chat, like story, just I think it's just the first book that like, you can suss out like what fairy mythology he pulled from it's so cool um and yeah so then i think the first season of the show matched up pretty well with i pulled a lot from the first couple books and even a little bit from the third maybe um but if you when you get to the show just know that the timeline is not linear so it sort of jumps around and the witcher and um, there's a character, Yennefer, they don't age. So you can't look to them for a clue oh, okay. of where they are in the plot. And I tried to yeah. figure out if his hair is like a different length or shade, but I, I'll have to go back and watch. Um, so you kind of have to, they'll, they'll give you hints and you can kind of figure it out pretty easily. But just know that the timeline's not linear. So you kind of have to suss out like where you're at in the timeline. It's it's fun. I think it's. I thought that part was fun. Yeah. Do you think X um, that are coming in having read the books to the TV show, or do you think TV um, show to books? Well, now that I've read the books, it's hard to imagine what it would have been like not to. But uh, did, did it help having read the books? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. It definitely helped. Um, one thing the show does a lot better than the books. I that was the romance so in the books i mean this isn't a huge maybe it is a spoiler but he has a lady love in both yeah and in the book i just I, like i didn't like her as a character as i in the most recent book i read she was starting to grow on me like okay so she has redeeming qualities but i just didn't like like her that much I'm like what what is he i don't understand the attraction and they don't even she doesn't even seem like she likes him that much and then mm. in the show it's a lot more i guess believable and apparent and then you sort of realize i caught on, on something in the show that i didn't catch on in the book that it all makes a lot more sense so i think you could definitely watch the show without the books and you would be fine as long as you know the timeline's kind of screwy mm. if you're watching for that okay um, and also it took, it's only eight episodes and it wasn't, and it took me like three episodes to really be like, okay, this is actually super good. And then once it was finished, I was like, that was amazing. Like looking back on the whole thing as a, even though I, I knew where the story was going, like once you finish it, you're like, wow, that was so cool. And I definitely want to go back and watch the whole thing again. Um, but yes, I would recommend it. I would recommend both, but I think if you're jonesing to just dip your toe in you can just go for the show well yeah i'm I'm a bit torn i i do like reading reading books um but i have been known to do the tv show first and then go back to the books and then oh. go back to the tv show um and then go oh, oh that's wrong that's wrong um i did that 
yeah, with like Cormor and Strike and The Expanse, which I've only watched the first season of. Although a um, friend of the show, Dale, has lent me some um, Blu-rays of the next couple of seasons and I will be signing up to Amazon Prime in the next day or so, seeing as they've got Picard here in Australia. So that was a strange one. I didn't quite know where Picard would land. Um, so it's ended up on uh, Amazon Prime. <clears throat> okay, that's Star Trek, right? I know nothing yeah. about Star Trek at all. Yeah. But I did listen to your episode of Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> we we yeah. talked about a whole lot of things. A whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, The Witch is definitely on my novels list, so my bookshop's going to be very happy with me. Um, mm-hmm. He... The, the guy at the bookshop, I think, knows me very well. So he does say my name, you know, greets me by name every time I walk in. And he, Aww, I like that. And, and he said, oh, have you read Alter Carbon? The book's really good. TV show, not so much, but you've got to read the book. It's really, I think it's for you. I'm like, yep, okay. So when I started getting into the Expanse novels, I was mm-hmm. sort of coming in and ordering them one by one. Then there was at a point where they just looked at me and said, Catherine, do you just want us to order the whole rest of the series for you? I just looked at them and went, yeah, you may as well. So is that just, is that something I should check out? Would you recommend that? You must if you read the whole. Yeah, yeah. So I'm partway through book eight and apparently book nine is coming out this year and it will be the last one. So it's a really interesting um, series of books in the except in the in our solar system and mm-hmm. in the um, asteroid belt and that's been populated by humans and it's really in a way a realistic look at what life would be like with the the low gravity um, the effect it would have on humans and how you know, space travel could actually happen um, mm-hmm. obviously with some liberties and yeah it's, it's really really interesting the first book is really good and it's sort of they covered about half of that in the first season of The Expanse. Um, they've chucked some things in from the or some characters anyway from the second season in there as well but it, it's really good. Um, it, what's interesting is in book seven they actually jumped forward 30 years and then followed um, the same characters through um, after these sort of very much world-changing, galaxy-changing events that have happened in the first in the first book. So it's um, it's a good series. Yeah, I, I recommend it. The Expanse novels. Um, yeah. So add that to to your list. So I've added The Witcher, and yes, I've added Wheel of Time. Now that's 14 mm-hmm. books rather than 20, that seems manageable. Um, oh, goodness. It's, <clears throat> yeah. It's, uh, I don't, <laughs> I, uh, I have such a weird relationship with that. Or, yeah. yeah. But I will say they have this Facebook group. I don't know if there were many, but I must have just asked to join the first one I saw. It has 25,000 members. For, it's just the Wheel of Time books. They, like, won't let you discuss the TV show. Um, which is something I learned the hard way. Um, <clears throat> um, but these people in this Facebook group are 
so into the books. Like there are people who have like reread all 14 books, like 10, like the way we would go see Star Wars movies, like 10 times. Like, oh, I'm just finished my 12th reread of the series. I'm like, what? Like, that's so much time you could be spending reading other books that you've never even read. There's so many books in the world. I just can't imagine But they like love. The strange thing about my time I've spent in that um, group and that fandom <clears throat> is everyone is super positively passionate about every book like they I don't think I've seen like hardly anyone criticize anything about the series it's weird oh, it's good. so weird so no it's rankings um no I, I actually don't see a lot of rankings either but yeah I don't know everyone's just like it's, it's like if you took it was big it's like the Steel Wars safe haven. Like everyone in there just like freaking loves these books and like just want to talk about everything they love about it. And like, I don't know. It's weird. I guess it's just weird to me because I'm used to all the discord on Star Wars Twitter. Maybe this is how other fandoms are. They're all just super hardcore in love with the source material. And it's just Star Wars. That's not, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm you know, also part of the Survivor community and sometimes that can get heated like in I, I'm a big Survivor fan but in terms of like the online fandom I'm a I'm a casual um, but yeah it can get fairly heated but I, I don't think Star Wars is alone in having some toxic parts of its community of its fandom mm. but because Star Wars is such a big fandom it's true it, it so can get yeah, amplified and, and over such a long period of time mm -hmm. as well um so most other fandoms you think probably aren't stretching back as long apart from probably doctor who um and jane austen of course although i don't think i've ever met a toxic jane austen fan <laughs> yeah that would be funny if there was one <laughs> Yeah, so um, what sort of books did you start off reading? Like, did you, what was your introduction to like fantasy type of novels? Um, well, I read the e, a lot of the EU books when I was like a teenager, like 13. Yeah. Um, so that was probably my first um, like fantasy type books that I reached for a there. <clears throat> it's hard to think that far back because there have been I mean I know in when I was a kid there was obviously like the babysitter club and goosebumps yes. and fair street and I must have read the secret garden like a dozen times oh my, yeah um yeah. Let's see what other yeah, that and Anna Green Gables for me oh yes I love Anna Green Gables yeah she's amazing and with an e um yes but yeah, I can't, I mean, I guess it's just been like Wheel of Time and Game of Thrones for so long. I can't think further back than that, like different series that I've read is in the realm. I've, I've read a lot of um, like YA type fantasy yeah. books in the last yeah. few years that were good. There's a series called, well, it's actually just two books. Um, the first book is called Six of Crows, and I can't remember the name of the sequel, but the author's Seems name familiar. is Lee Bard 
Lee something. Um, Lee Bardoga or something. Anyways, that book they're making into a Netflix series. I wonder how they're going to drag that out, though, if there's only two books. But um, that book was super awesome. Six See, of Crow. I remember borrowing books off my brother's bookcase. Um, oh, yeah. Magician. Those those books. Um, oh, Miss of Avalon. Did you read that one? Like King Arthur type books. I was really into those. Yeah. Was- yes, I think <clears throat> I read that one. Yeah, off my brother's bookshelf again. Um, and there was a period of time when my brother would make me pay a dollar for every time <laughs> I borrowed a book. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Or maybe yeah, so not. Then my mother found out. <laughs> my mother was not pleased. See, my brother's influence for me was not books, it was comic books. But he, I would sneak into his bedroom when he was not home. Yep. And well, he had a huge chest, like like kind of like a hope chest, but um, more masculine, I guess. I don't know. Just like <laughs> filled with comic books. And I would just pour over them. And I think that influenced like how I'm into Marvel and DC and stuff like that now. But there was also some like naughty comics in there too. And I was probably too young to be looking at those. Ooh. Peppered in there, which was like, oh my God. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my mom knew we had those, but he was probably, he's like eight years older than me. So he would have been at least in high school. I don't know. So that was too much information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So magician um i read a lot of david eddings with the um Bulgarian for people out there so um and sort of shanara or shanara oh, i feel like i should be writing these down you have to will you send me a message for all these like the ones that yep. you love the most okay yeah yeah um that was written by terry brooks the sort of shanara one um mm-hmm. but you're right once they get adapted, you, you finally go, oh, so that's how you pronounce that name. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, been some of the funny thing with some of the Star Wars novels is it looks fine on the page, like the Luke. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you actually say that? Yeah. The, the, the clone of Luke with all the U's. That's now just a meme of Luke. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I never thought of it that way. I know Daenerys was a game changer for me. I was like, oh, so that's how you say that. (laughs) I always just kind of gloss over that one in my head when I was reading it. Yeah, you just look at it and go, oh, it's probably that. And your headcanon is is fine. And then I remember my brother and sister laughing at me for how I pronounced the main character of of Magician. They're like, no, that's not how you say it. I'm like, well. I don't know you're bigger and older than me don't pick on me um and and i'm sure like the lord of the rings things um hearing them on on screen it's like oh okay that's how you say all those things okay do you want to know something crazy i've never read lord of the rings Ooh. i read the hobbit and it, i could not get into it it took me forever like this is the most boring book i've ever read it might have been the time in my life when I read it, though. So it's one of those things where I kind of want to go back and read it again and see if I react differently to it now. And then I'll yeah. give Lord of the Rings a try. Um, again. This this might sound 
sacrilegious to people some people out there but i'm going to give you the tip with lord of the rings yeah Mm -hmm. you don't have to read the songs that they're not important (laughs) yeah you don't have to read the songs um yes so yes that's my tip and i'm sticking to it the songs are bad people they're not needed see that means Um, nothing to me but now i want to go give it a shot so i can understand what you mean yep um well it's like i you know i read war and peace three and a half times really half yeah because it i was trying to work out why i didn't like it and i finally (laughs) really hit upon yeah it's the the misogynistic writer i'm like oh god wait so you didn't like it but you read it three times three and a half times yeah like to just to try to also get the story in my head because there's also a lot of characters in there and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of chapters where he just goes off on tangents um but yeah okay my so what's what are some of your favorite like classic novels um pride and prejudice i usually Uh give that a read every year Uh um yeah so all the jane austens anne of green gables um the whole series matthew cuthbert is Uh, the best Mm -hmm. Um, i read gone with the wind a few times as a teenager i haven't gone back and yeah i couldn't get through the sequel that was bad even as a teenager i went oh yeah this is not good (laughs) um i've tried to read some you know sort of classic like scott like ivanhoe um reading that um of course some bronte sisters oh yes jane Eyre is like my yeah that's the one I I'll read every couple of years again. Ugh, I love her. Yeah, I love her and that solid moral compass. God damn it, Jane Eyre, you're <laughs> such a good person. <laughs> um, Little Women, you know, read that, and I haven't watched the latest adaptation Not yet, but thing. I probably wait till it's on the small screen because. Yeah. I, I just get angry every time. I know and it's Amy? coming, but I get Amy? Uh, Amy, Amy and Laurie. <laughs> like, she's the worst. The worst. She is. <sighs> the, have you seen the Winona Ryder one? Yeah. She's Kirsten yeah. Dunst on that. But uh, the, God, what is his name? J- their guy friend. So it's, Christian Bale? Um, no, but like his... Laurie? Yeah. Laurie, yeah. Laurie? He is the... Yeah. He, I don't know. I can't remember if he was that awful in the books, but in the movie, in that movie, he was like the worst. I hated him in that movie. <laughs> well, the way he's like, I always knew I was going to marry a March sister. Oh, like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> really was like settling for I'll get as close to you guys as I can. And then, like, the fact that Joe thinks she has this best friend and then because she won't return his romantic feelings, he just ditches her. It's bullshit. I hate that. 
I know that actually happens in the book too, but for some reason he was, I hated him in that movie. And so I'm kind of interested to watch this new one to see if I have that same vitriol towards whoever plays Laurie in that one. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's being ad <clears throat> adapted so many times in so many ways. Um, I went down a, a YouTube rabbit hole, including like a 25 minute, comparison of all the movie adaptations over the years and only the movies not the any tv miniseries and how you know, they reflected some thoughts or values at the time or and how the different um joes were mm -hmm. uh, and how they picked up on different aspects of the book and, and feminism so yeah that was a, a nice little rabbit hole um one of the the series I'm reading a lot now. I, of course, I love Harry Potter, um, Chronicles mm -hmm. of Narnia. Oh yeah, um, that too when I was a kid. Yeah, um, I'm reading the Cormoran Strike novels. So they're actually written by J.K. Rowling, but under her pen name. Okay. Um, and she released the fourth book a couple of years ago and apparently a fifth one's coming out and I think she said there's going to be seven books I think so but it's it's their crime series so it follows a detective so yeah there's that detective element but what I really enjoy is again the world building and little clues about characters or other or their past and things that come up in like book one that then comes up again in book four she really does that whole hmm. you know you can imagine the red string and all of that so if you're wanting some sort of detective novels um cormoran strike okay. so that i'm not the only person who reads them uh you know i think my book club did that book and i didn't i skipped that month and didn't read the book <laughs> and didn't go to the book but i know there's a lot of harry potter fans in my book club yeah so send that one to me in the in your list. Yes, I'll, I'll give it yeah. a I'll give it a shot. Mm. Yes, so it's been so much fun talking to you. It has. Um, and yeah, like it's it's great to delve into a different bit of of geekdom. And I think you know the things we can geek out about. This is what I wanted this podcast to be about is exploring different aspects of you know what we enjoy and mm -hmm. yes I, I love my Star Wars but I love other things so mm -hmm. and I love having people on to chat about all the things we get excited about so thank you so much yes. for coming on and thank I'll have you. to um, get that link to that knitting group and at some point when my cat settles down a bit I'll might be able to pick up pick up my needles again oh yeah <clears throat> you should I have a pattern for uh, a baby Yoda so I'm going to try to and I have the yarn now so I think I'm going to start this weekend to try and it has a lot of seaming though and I hate doing that so like you knit like five different pieces then you have to sew them together so oh, depending on how worst. annoying it is like i might just do one but if it's easy and fast i might rip out a couple and then give them away to yeah my buddies yeah that that's why i ended up making a lot of like baby clothes and baby things because they're small you can get through it mm -hmm. i love mm -hmm. knitting for babies 
for the same reason. <laughs> now, where can the good people of the internet find you? They can find me at Darth underscore Schrader, which is spelt Schroeder, S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R. And if for whatever reason you want to find me on Instagram, I'm Jess underscore of underscore course 52. Jess, of course. Yes. Um, the, this podcast is at That Geek Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, now, you make a few appearances on um, Bad Motivators. Um, typing tangents Mm -hmm. and i've been on there as well so we're podcasting sisters yes space sisters yeah um you can also find my personal twitter at katherine underscore neen um so there's there's a few cassian tweets there although they're not just confined to my personal twitter anymore because i've got full control they've gone over to that geek pod as well (laughs) so be prepared for cassian 24 7 the more cassian the better i say yeah that geek pod will return bye